Good day, fellow explorers. This is what we have for you on today's Impact Everywhere podcast. If we had like 1 million searches per day, let's say, a search engine could generate around $150,000 per month, which is a lot. And 1 million per day, it may seem big, but is nothing compared to what Google does. Google performs around 5 billion searches per day. So 1 million is around 0.02%. Now, I'm not saying that it's going to be easy to arrive to 1 million searches per day, but it is possible. Hello, friends, and welcome to Impact Everywhere, the podcast that looks for people having a positive impact in unexpected places. Our guest today is Andrea De Michelis, and he's a young Italian man who has found a really ingenious way to raise money for one of the biggest problems in the world, water scarcity. Andrea was born in a small seaside town on the western Italian coast. And after high school, he moved to Paris to study to start working as a stockbroker. However, during his last year of university, he realized that he wasn't supposed to follow this Wall Street path, but rather wanted to do something that would have a positive impact on the world. And that something ended up being Elliot for Water, a search engine that creates water every single time users use it to search on the internet. It's ingenious in its simplicity, and so today's conversation is really about exploring how he came to the idea, what the challenges he faces are, and how he is overcoming all of them in order to provide millions of people with safe drinking water. This is Andrea, and here he is explaining exactly how Elliot for Water works in his own words. Elliot for Water is a search engine just like Google. The difference is that we use 60% of the profit that we make to finance clean water projects and help people getting access to clean water. So what happens is that every time someone is making a search, they are actually helping to finance water projects around the world and they are helping people getting access to to safe drinking water. And the goal is obviously to, to help as many people as possible to finally get access to water because right now there are around 600 million people who still lack access to it, and it creates tons of problems from health to school to working to poverty and foods. Basically, water is the single most effective thing that we have now to to help other people. So once we give people access to water, you completely change their life. So that's the, the mission that we have, bringing millions of people access to safe water. And the reason why I thought to create a search engine is because it's free for people. So it's something that we all do every day searching the web and I figure why just not making it so that we can use those searches, those clicks and make it something useful out of it. So I I definitely want to talk a little bit more about this whole water side of what you're doing and the reason it's something that's so important. But first off, can you break down the mechanics of uh, search engine monetization? Like, how does it actually work? How do you raise money? Who's paying for it? And how much money can actually be earned over the course of a certain number of searches that happen? Yeah, so I think we have to make a split between our search engine make money or Google makes money because it's it's similar, but there are totally different things. So the way we make money is through the pay-per-click ads. For example, looking for an hotel in London because you want to go on a vacation, you look on the search engine hotel in London, and very likely at the very top of the research page, you will see a few advertising links, sponsor links, which may be Expedia, Airbnb, or whatever it is that is paying to be seen when someone is looking for that specific uh, quote, query. And when a user click in one of these links, 
then the search engine is automatically raising money. We are actually generating revenue is through clicks on sponsor links. Each sponsor link is directly related to what you have just searched for. So it's not going to be a banner. It's not going to follow you everywhere you go. It's just you search for an hotel and you will see the first results. While if you go on Google, it's going to be that. Plus, it's going to be your data selling to everywhere, to anyone in the world. So if you're going to look for an hotel in Greece, you're going to go on Facebook and see an advertising or thing. You're going to go on Instagram and see something else as well. So they actually use the data and sell it as well. While we don't, we surely don't want to do that. And we also don't need to do that. So we are just sticking to the simple and plain search ads. If you click the search engine, generate money. If you don't, it's fine. Got it. So you're also having a little bit of a data privacy stance to what it is that you are bringing to light. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Amazing. And what powers your search engine is Bing, right? Yeah. So we have a combination between the Bing's API. So for me, it's just normal. But the API is that it's almost like an algorithm of Bing. So when someone makes a search on Elliot for Water, then Elliot for Water is calling Bing and is saying, okay, someone is looking for an hotel can you give me the results? And Bing is giving us all the results to us. And then we show them with our own design, with our own layout. And then we are working to integrate this with our own algorithm, with our own softwares and everything so that we can make it always better search experience for the users. Got it. And and what's the deal with Bing? So I, I didn't know that Bing offered this kind of service. So can anybody make a search engine and just use the entire technology of Bing to power it? Like, how does that whole part work? The technically, yes, but in practical, you have to go through a long process. It's basically a partnership. So you have to propose your project. They have to go through your website and everything. And then they decide if they want to work with you or not. And if they want to work with you, they're going to allow you to use their own algorithm. And the reason why they are doing it is simply because Google is way too big. So they need other search engines to increase their own uh, market, let's say. So they are happy to help other search engines to become uh, basically part of their own ecosystem. Ah, super interesting. I definitely want to hit back on like how you initially got that partnership started because I think yes. so many people get scared of starting big ideas. And so I, I definitely want to hit that. Even because I have no clue how I did it. If I, if I, like Wait, for half no of the time, no, I'm joking, but it's just, it was just a lot of connections and you ask to someone and then someone else asks to a friend and then. You just have to get the ball rolling and start putting it outside in the universe and start talking to people and asking and, and try to make contact with the right people. And then one day I've been able to finally reach the person who takes care of this type of partnership. And then we started the conversations. Wait, so how long was that journey then for you to Oosh. have the idea, know that Bing was the partner that you needed and then putting it out into the universe to... Okay, so... Because initially, when we first started, we were with Yahoo, and that was pretty fast, actually. We just, I don't know, because to be honest, I never found the issue of having an ideas and then getting scared of what I have to do. I, I just have an idea and then try to do it. So when I first started, I simply sent an email to Yahoo. To, I just made a search on the internet, see who I could get in contact to. I contacted their service, and they said yes. And then from Yahoo, we moved to Bing. It took, I took a few months because... I first got in contact with Microsoft with someone working in Microsoft and then Microsoft sent me to another person and then this other person sent me to the specific burn. So it took a little bit more of work, but that was basically how it, how it happened. 
talking with people, asking and reaching out. It's just sometimes it's just as easy as sending an email. And as long as you don't send it, you're never going to know if they're going to accept it or not. It's not much more complicated than that in my mind. <laughs> it takes a certain amount of tenaciousness to have an idea and to run with it, even if it's something that you've never done before. So kudos on that. Oh, thank you. Um, appreciate it. Yeah. And then on top of that, anchoring this whole idea of yours is a really great idea, which is saying water scarcity is one of the, the biggest issues that the, the world is facing today. I want to use the power of search and advertising, which is revenue generating in order to make a difference in the world and somehow redirect some of these dollars over. And so I guess you had this social mission that probably helped you make these partnerships possible. What was the reaction like when you would bring this idea to these corporations initially? Did they have to be sold on it or how did you sell them on it? No, I didn't, to be honest, even because I feel that Cosia, which is another search engine similar to ours, was planting trees. They have been online for more than 10 years. They are bigger now. I think that they made it possible for other people like me to, to have an easier way because now these big corporates, especially I'm talking about the, the, the search part of being a Microsoft, they saw how successful the, the model can be. And so it was a little bit easier. And right now, if I feel like big corporates are waking up a little bit and they are trying to go towards this type of direction where they can give something back. I don't know if they are doing it for, for advertising or because they truly believe in it, but nonetheless, they are trying to switch. They are switching little by little their focus on these activities. So the direction was pretty good from, from the beginning. And I never really had to solve them hard, the, the concept. I just have to make sure that they believed in me as an entrepreneur and they believed in me as someone who will be capable of making this a success for them as well. Because obviously, the more people use the search engine, the better it is for everyone. For sure, for sure. Talk to me a little bit about the water piece of the equation. Like, when did your fascination for water start? And how do you then vet the projects that you decide to support and sponsor with the money that you raise through your search engine? Yeah, the first contact that I had with water was in university, actually, because I was studying sustainable development and doing classes of that sort. And I came to know about all the issues around water that I had no idea about. Like millions of people in developing countries are dying because of water, not because of the lack of it, but because the quality is so bad that brings many diseases to people. And then the fact that they don't have access to water next to their house, for example, means that women or kids, they have to walk up to a few hours a day to go and collect water and then get back home, which means that women don't have time to work, kids don't have time to go to school, which means no education, which means no future for the kids. So it's basically a circle that starts from water and then it gets bigger and bigger because once you have access to water at home, kids can go to school, can learn, can have an education, women can work, people can make agriculture, they can grow food, they can sell food, create an economy. It changes the, the life of people completely. And so if we manage to give people that basic need, which is water, then they can be on charge of their own life again. Yeah, absolutely. We need to drink water every, well, basically every day. And so <laughs> yes. if you, if you are and not, not able to, to have access to that, then so much less is possible. As stupid as it sounds, last week or two weeks ago, I don't remember, I got cut out of water in my house for a couple of days. And even now that I work inside of the tank and I spent two days without water at home, I still had to go through the process. I, okay, that is difficult. So imagine on those situations where they are not living in Paris or whatever we are living in. It's the base for every sort of development or 
our, our life. Within the space of trying to improve water accessibility to people, there are so many different organizations out there mm -hmm. trying to do this. Do you have a sense of what makes a good water project versus a bad water project? Like, <laughs> how do you vet who the money goes to? What are the criteria that you focus on when choosing who to donate to to provide access to clean and safe water? Okay, so the project that we did initially, we did it with a a charity from London, which is called uh, WellFound. And we choose them because they have been working in Abbasau for the last 10 to 15 years. And they work locally and full-time, which means that when they do a project, they have people going into the village every couple of weeks so that the project doesn't get broken, if I can say that. I don't know if it's correct English, but it doesn't fail, let's say. Because unfortunately, between 20 to 50% of the water projects fail within the first five years because a lot of charities, they are just going in a village, digging a well, and then leaving and never coming back, which means that if there is a problem, then the water project is completely failed because no one knows how to fix it. And it's actually creating more problems than the benefits because you are helping it for a couple of months and then you make them more dependent from you and... It just that is just not sustainable. So the way we are trying to switching our focus now is by doing uh, water projects that are more sustainable and are also focusing more on the entrepreneurship side. So what that means that instead of just donating water, and obviously you cannot do this everywhere, but in most of the places you can also help people get access to water for entrepreneurship, meaning that you can open a water kiosk. For example, where you connect a water kiosk to the, the pipeline of water and then the water gets purified and you put local people working and selling water to the locals to a price that is super fair and that is decided by the government as well. And it sounds very strange initially, but there are around 600 million people right now who don't have access to water, but they want to pay for water. They have the money to pay for water, but they don't have access to it or they don't have companies able to reach them, which means that they end up paying the water 10 to 15 times more than what they're supposed to. And this creates a huge problem. While if you create something that is able to purify water, is able to employ some local people, and is able to provide the people who don't have access to water at a very fair price, it means that the, the kiosk is creating money around it. It means that people will be constantly working there. It means that water will be constantly checked. The well or the kiosk is not going to fail because there is an economical return around it. So you are paying back all the money that you are making. They are going back to the to make sure that the project is sustainable. And this changes completely the, the situation because you are sure that whatever happens, there is a company behind it. There is someone working there. There is someone checking all the time. And, and uh, this completely changed the, the, the phase of a water project. But, and also it made possible that sometimes we tend to make humanitarian project the way we want. So we decided that we want to go help. And then we decided that we want to go in the middle of village and making a, in a well and then going away without stopping to think if that's the actual solution. That's what they wanted. Maybe there was a solution which was lending, doing microcredits to people so that they could connect their pipelines to, to their village, and it would have been more helpful. They would have been able to, to make it last way more years. And then just because you want to be the one helping everyone and you want to donate and for the sake of your ego, you are doing something that is creating more problems. So we, we really have to, to go and do the water project and try to help people with what they actually need and not what we think is what they need, if it makes sense.
Absolutely. I think what you just described earlier, like the situation where uh, a nonprofit might come in, dig a well, and then leave is one of the big problems when people from the outside come in trying to create a solution, (laughs) not actually creating the sustainability of the solution. I've heard horror stories where, let's say, you might dig a well and it's perfectly functional and perfectly clean, but then people get assaulted on their way to fetch water. And so no one goes to fetch water, even if there's water that is available. And so I think this idea of what you're essentially doing is you're a social enterprise supporting other social enterprises. And I think there's something really beautiful about that. When I imagine this business model of yours, at least on the water side of it that you're supporting, when you say that people pay 10 to 15 times more, that's because the only options for them to buy water are like the big multinational kind of bottled water corporations. That's that. And that's also the fact that there are other people who sell them water, but they are not companies or they are basically the same people that would have sold them when they go fetch water are the same people who take care of the, who take control of the wells or, or the water sources. And then they sell it to way more to the families and to the villages because they know that's the only option that they now have. So these people end up buying them for that much of a price because that's the only way of getting their own water. So if we manage to give those people another solution, it's going to completely change the thing. How do your partners ensure then that there is no corruption or abuse of power? Because really, if people are controlling the water source, then they have a tremendous amount of power. So where does the accountability piece come from? That's where it gets tricky, and then that's where we have to pay a lot of attention. So we are trying to work with charities and with companies and social enterprises who have been working and have been showing success in that type of environment for many years, because this is something that, as you said, we need to pay attention. We we can't make this happen where people just start selling water to whatever price they want. It wouldn't make sense. This is all about the finding the right partnerships and finding the right social enterprises with the right experience, with the right histories. But it can be done. It is possible. It is being done by charities like Water.org or by charities like Waterform, which is the one that we are going to work with next. So it is possible. And we are at the beginning of our path. So we'll, we are trying to study to get as much experience as possible by working with this big charities who have years and years of experience on this type of investments, let's say, and and water project, so that soon enough we can start doing it on our own and really take care of everything. But you are completely right. We need to pay attention. And unfortunately, no matter how you decide to make the water project, it is something that you have to be extremely careful because, as you said before, even if you dig a well, there is the chance of people getting assaulted on the way there, or there is the chance of, of the local warlord going there with its own small army and trying to sell water to the other people. I think that this shows us how powerful water is based on how dangerous giving water is. And can you walk me through the potential that your search engine has of raising funds very quickly to these organizations who need it? So many nonprofits actually spend most of their year trying to fundraise just so they can stay in operation for the next year. And what you're trying to bring, or at least if you if you had a, a million people searching, what does that represent in terms of dollars amount yes. that, that, that is capable of being raised? If we had like 1 million searches per day, let's say, a search engine could generate around $150,000 per month, which is a lot. And 1 million per day, it may seem big, but is nothing compared to what Google does. Google performs around 5 billion searches per day. So 1 million is around 0.02%. 
Now, I'm not saying that it's going to be easy to arrive to 1 million searches per day, but it is possible and it is being shown by Ecosia, for example, right now, just to give you a very practical example, Ecosia.org, now, now they generates between 2 to $3 million per month. If we work right and if we make sure that we are giving people the best search engine experience that we possibly can, that we are giving them something that is fun to use, that is beautiful to use, that is working fast, and it doesn't have to be as good as Google because the market is so big that we only have to focus on a, on a, small, list, on a small niche, the opportunity to raise the funds are enormous. Even if it was just $1 million per month, it's crazy the amount of things that you can do with that type of money inside the, the water project. You can literally help thousands and thousands of people every month and you are just scratching the surface. It doesn't have to end there. You can develop the search engine and the business in, in many other ways. Actually, one of the things that I want to do in the next few years when the search engine, when Delios for Water is developed a little bit more, is creating on the side an investment fund which will use the same investing only in social enterprise giving social enterprises giving access to water so use the same principle that the search engine use to give money to certain types of uh, of companies that are helping people get, that get access to water but also invest into them so that we can bring more and more people inside of the water worlds and say okay you can give this amount of money not only you are helping people get access to water three years you're also getting two percent return three percent return and this can drastically skyrocket the amount of money that goes inside of the water field and it can largely help the amount of people that we want to eat that's wonderful. It'll only keep growing over time. It's something where if, if people set their default search engine to Elliot for water, the chances of them actually shifting it or changing it uh, later on is actually fairly low. So you must have some like pretty interesting retention numbers as a result of this. So talk to me a little bit about your marketing strategy then. So first you have a, a name, Elliot for water, that is very unique, but also a little bit eclectic. So maybe we can start there. And I'm super curious, how do you manage to get the word out to let people know that they can also make a difference by simply switching their search engine? The name was, was basically an homage to the Greek god Helios. Helios was the, the, the ancient god of sun and life. And it literally, it literally represented energy, it represented life, it represented everything that is living in the universe and in the, in the world. And this is what I wanted to use as a symbol because water and sun are the only two things that we need for water. Without one or the other, there's no life. So I wanted the whole project, the whole name, the logo, the search engine, everything to represent the same thing, to represent life. And I want people that use the search engine to understand that they are life. They have the energy inside to change the world, to impact the world, to do whatever they can. And even if it's just one search a day, they have the power to save someone else's life. So that's the whole symbol around it. And the marketing, we basically had two search engines. Let's say we started with one when I was alone until last year. It was not as successful, let's say. <laughs> and then last year, I've been able to put together a team. So we rebuilt the loot for water from zero, and we are still in the process of, of redoing a more impactful design. But it's working way better now. It's looking way better. And then we are starting with creating our own content. So podcast, blog, newsletter, social media, we need the PR to go out. As soon as the, the offices will open again, we will like something good is to work with those offices so they can have a for water set in their laptops and 
whenever they are working, they are helping to, to save water, collaboration with universities, with students. We just gone open source, which was uh, big news for us. And for those of you who doesn't know what open source means, it means that our website, the code of our website, is now publicly available for everyone. So anyone can go and see how we use the code, how our code works, and can take bits of it, can use it in their own websites, or they can decide to help us grow and uh, help us make the search engine better, give their own contribution of time or coding and everything. And as soon as possible, we want to create the same search engine, but specifically designed for children. We would like to go there as well so that it has more privacy, more, more add-on cultural filter that is going to, to show the importance of water and the fact that they can help other kids by, by searching the web, probably putting some help for the homework and all this kind of stuff. The most important part will be focusing on the search engine itself, making it as good as we possibly can so that people want to use it. They decide to tell their friends to use it as well. That will be the most important part, I believe. I particularly loved the piece where you're talking about partnering up with corporations because that's where you find a company with 30,000 employees who have a ESG standard towards water and make that part of their corporate policy that all searches come and run with Elliot for water. I think that could be the kind of low effort, high impact sort mm -hmm. of pieces that feels really interesting. And it's interesting to hear your roadmap of the different ideas that you have because i wanted to ask you so i'm sure you've heard of the analogy of a vitamin versus a painkiller within the the entrepreneurship space which is are you just helping people scratch like a, a soft itch and making their lives a little bit better or are you truly solving a problem and and it strikes me that you're competing against a very entrenched market and the people that you're bringing on board are those that already care about water and I was just wondering, like, how might you add layers to the search engine to make it something that people will be fighting to be a part of, as opposed to one that they just feel like they should do as a result of their mm -hmm. social stance, um, if you will. And yes. wondering, I think of a search engine like DuckGo, who's yes. really built I like where you're going. brand on privacy. And so I'm curious to hear, like, what your thoughts are there. So there are two little tricks that we can do there and that we are working to do here. One is going to focus more on our market, so Europe and US, North America in general, and one is going to focus on in India. So the first one is to create a sort of subscription model for the search engine, let's say $3 per month, but you pay the $3 per month and you are going basically ad-free. Full privacy, no more advertising, no more nothing, just a complete search engine completely private to you, not even sponsor links, and you are paying it less than a coffee per month. And at the same time, your impact in terms of water is increasing of 10 times. So this is something that we are very keen to develop. So an option to give people something that is completely private and no more advertising. And there's a big market now because we don't want to be followed anymore and because we are getting tired of advertising. So we want to give this option to people. If they are interested, we can give them another free search engine. And uh, I saw recently that one of the old managers of Google and old managers of YouTube are trying to do something similar. They went alone and they are trying to build something ad-free as well. So there will be a big market for that. And I think that we can gain a lot of people. And the second one 
is actually the Indian market. And why I say the Indian market is because India is one of the countries with the biggest water uh, issues in the world. They have contaminations, they don't have access to it. A lot of households still don't have access inside of their house. Actually, their country is just creating a ministry specifically to, to help households and people getting water to their house. And at the same time, they are the second biggest internet market in the world. There are around 700 million internet users in India. And only around 35% of people now are using internet. So with the search engine with towers, I think that is the perfect place for us to because it's a place where we can say there's a huge market for internet user. And at the same time, we want to focus a lot of our attention in giving people in India access to water. So we can say, okay, this is a changing, you use it. And the city where you were born is getting access to water. Your neighbor is getting access to water. We can go to the government. The government is looking for this type of partnerships. Companies over there are now obliged by law to donate and to give money to projects like ours so that they can increase the CSR. I think it's the right place for us to go because it just makes sense in every side of it. There's a lot of work that we can do in the water and there's a lot of work that we can do on the tech side as well. And this is what social entrepreneurship is all about, is combining business and social impact at the same time. You cannot just help and you cannot just do business. And that's, I think, is the beauty of it. Amazing. I love those two kind of angles. The first, specifically, especially with documentaries like The Social Dilemma that are coming out where people are realizing increasingly that marketing and advertising is really just a manipulation that you're basically signing up for in exchange for a service. And people want to start opting out of that. And at a rate of two, three dollars per month to be able to have an ad free experience, it sounds basically like a no brainer, especially if you're able to get the results that you need for the search. And then the second thing that I thought was really interesting about this idea of the Indian market, as you were talking about it, is the interest of tying a local search with local need. Right? If people in India are searching and every search that they're doing is going to be providing water to their communities, there is like a sense of solidarity that you can really build in that, I don't know, an amorphous Google would never be able to do. I'd love to switch gears a little bit and talk about how you got this whole thing started because you are you don't have a background in coding. You're no. basically preparing to go into Wall Street. How did you do that? How did you go from having an idea and zero experience into creating partnerships with a major company like Microsoft in order to, you know, build this thing out. What were the steps in order to take idea into execution? Okay, so the thing with me is that I don't really have filters, let's say. So if I had the idea and I didn't have question in my mind or whether I should do it or not or now, I just started getting the ball rolling and see... And basically, I learned on the way. I, I just was just out of the university. I was in Italy, where my family was living. And I had the idea there. And I say, okay, I have this idea. I want to create a search engine. And I think that it's going to work. And I believe that it's going to work. And I, this is what I want to do. I want to create something that is going to impact the world and help people. Because I didn't want to make money for the sake of doing it. I want to create something that could also help others. And so I start talking around, I start talking with my family, I start talking with people next to me just to see where, uh, where it could go. And luckily enough, might sound like a coincidence, but I really don't think it is. Basically, where we were staying with my family was part of a bigger conglomerate uh, of, a, of an hotel. And one of the girls working in the hotel had a friend 
from Australia, from Greece, who was stepping by and saying hello. And he is a web developer. I just went to him and talked to him and I told him, okay, I want to do this project and this is what I want to do, a search engine. We are going to keep the, the profit to, to water. Can you do that? I said, yes, of course. So instead of staying one week in, in Italy, he stayed one month with me. We ended up living there in this small uh, village in the mountains. And we basically started building the, 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 the search engine. He took care of the tech part. And I started getting in contact with, with the companies who I wanted to work with at the time, charities and water projects and Yahoo and all this kind of stuff. And then that's how we, that's how we started. Wow. So this guy just came on board to help you completely for free because he believed in your mission and you didn't even raise any money or anything. It was just on the power of the idea itself. Yeah, I also, we also paid him, but, but that's another story. But yeah, obviously we would have not done it if it was not something that he really believed in it because he really believed in the project and he stayed one year in the middle of nowhere. Could you walk me through a couple of the milestones? This is a world that's just so foreign to me. This idea that you you have an idea, you meet someone, you now build a prototype of the website, and then what? What are a couple of the milestones that it took for you to get to where you are today, having now created a really wonderful website that has successfully generated over what 1.5 million liters of water donated at this time? It took out of passions. <laughs> that is for sure. So basically, the milestones were... Trying to start, first of all, we have to start building this search engine. So we start building the search engine without actually knowing how to, how we would have done later. So we, we start building the search engine. At the same time, we got Yahoo on board. So we got the search results. Then we, we launched the search engine. I moved to London because I thought it was the place to be to make it uh, successful, but it didn't and it wasn't. And I went back in Italy. And during my period in Italy, I had some contacts with some people in different corporates and they put me in contact with Microsoft. And then from then we have been able to switch from Yahoo to Microsoft. At the same time, I saw that things were not working as good as I, they were supposed to. And, uh, and I didn't have funding at the time to actually hire people. So I was alone and the, the search engine didn't work. So what I did is that I just changed everything. I needed to change all the structure. I went back in Paris just because I wanted to change there. I started doing another job on the side. So the idea was to working until I could, I was able to make a little for water a success and therefore I was able to either find investments or find someone to work with me. So I worked two jobs for around one year and a half, two years. Then I quit the other one and I found some people that were, that are my current team that are as motivated as me to make a lot for water working. So we decided to all come on board without being paid initially. So we rebuilt the search engine. We did a new design, we did a new coding, we did a new software and everything. And now we are all sticking together and we are about to go for the first round of investment so that I can finally bring on board everyone full time as they deserve to be. And then from there, we move on. Amazing. So first round of investments coming up. Who are you targeting right now? So we are thinking either a crowdfunding where we can give equity to, to investors or I'm going to contact my personal circle and see if someone is interested or someone of them is interested or any of the listeners and now is interested in investing, <laughs> dropping an email and, and we figure out something. Obviously, it's for the longer run. Right now, we give away 60% of the profit. So that's something that you need to take into consideration. But 
in five to 10 years, when you have the search engine, when you have the investment fund coming in for the water is a project that can really generate money and help tons of people at the same time. 40% is actually what covers your operational costs. It right? covers, we, we're invested back so that we can grow the company, we can uh, make it better, we can make it more successful. And and yes, it gave a bonus to people and, and stuff. At the end, I need to trade Elliot for Water as a classic company because the water project alone is not going to keep people forever if they just know that they're going to help. They need to know that they're going to help, but they also need to be reward, rewarded uh, rightfully. And in my mind, I never understood why if someone is working for a social impact project, then it needs to be paid less than someone is working for a bank or for a big corporate. Their work is helping other people instead of stealing money out of them. So they need to be rewarded just as they were working in any other company. And I need to make sure that Elliot for Water is a economically successful company so that the people working with us stay happy, stay they can manage to live very well and at the same time we can help even more because the happier the people working with us are the the more we can help eventually couldn't agree more i i think there's, there's definitely something important there i was reading on elliotsway.com i think is your personal blog <laughs> yes that one of your one of your goals in life was to become like the james bond of the philanthropy world tell me a little bit more about that analogy <laughs> Jeez, i forgot about the analogy <laughs> i think i should update that blog <laughs> No, okay. So the reason was, especially when I started, there was this conception that if you are helping, then you need to be doing it for free or you cannot afford to have a good life, which makes no sense to me. For example, I, I, I once went back to my, this is funny. I once, I went back to my hometown a few years ago and someone in the club saw me. My hometown is very small, so we all know each other. And he knew about what I was doing. I said, so you're the guy who's doing the, the water project. I said, yes. So how much water, how much profit? I say 60%. Oh, but then you keep the 40%, blah, blah. You get money for your work. Why we can't get paid for the work we, we do at the same time? We have to live and as well. And the James Bond thing was the fact that I want to show that you can be successful and you can help at the same time. The one thing doesn't preclude the other. To me, this whole concept that if you're help, you don't have to take money, you have to be poor. And if you are making money, then you have to be a shark and you have to eat as much money as you can. It's not like this. You can do, you can be both at the same time. You can be successful. You can have nice clothes and you can help other people as well. It, you see what I mean? It's funny because the first analogy that I, I might have thought about was more like a Robin Hood in the sense that you're taking money from corporations who are funding <laughs> yeah, advertising. And, but. <laughs> but the thing is that James Bond was wearing nicer clothes than exactly. Robin, Robin Hood so doesn't have any style. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I want to do it, but I want to do it in style. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. I'm super excited to see like where this journey lands you. You're so young at this age, 27, yeah. and yeah, already charging forward and coming up with new ideas with very big ambitions in order to bring this possible. And so for all the listeners who are like dropping in what are a couple of things that they can do to support you in their journey obviously they can go to elute for water and set it as defaults are changing follow us on our social media get on the newsletter and then since we are at the beginning i would like for them if they use the search engines to drop us a message and tell us listen the idea is good but i would like to have this more i would like to to have this function i saw that google is doing this so that it can give us uh, an idea of where we can go in terms of development, because we want to build a search engine for the people that are using it at the end of the day. Because in a way, we are going against Google, but we're not. 
actually going against Google, but still Google is, Google is representing the norm. So we need to make sure that the search engine is working fine. And, and the only way for us to make it as good as possible is with the help of people, with them using it and telling us, okay, and it is there, it was a little bit slow. Can we work towards that so that we can improve it even more and, and make sure that we give a very good and comprehensive search experience for the users. For sure, for sure. I know we have a couple of people here in the audience that have been here since the beginning, Laura, Rachel, MCK. Um, curious to know if any of you had any questions that you'd like to pop up here and ask Andrea. Would love to invite you into this conversation. Just feel free to raise your hand and we're happy to bring you up. There we go. Cool. So Rachel, welcome to the stage. Would love to hear your thoughts. I was just looking at the search engine and I was wondering, because a lot of my searching is done on my phone. Is Elliot for Water have an app that we could use that would replace like my Google or Safari? Or If things go well around next month, we will start actually working on the mobile app because as you said, this is crucial to have because most people we search through the telephone right now. So what people can do now when they are on the phone is either setting it as a homepage or just simply download it to their homepage. To the, yeah, it's, I think it's called homepage on the phone when you just download the, an icon and then it gives you a direct link. But yes, you are 100%. We are about to build uh, the mobile phone, the mobile app so that we can replace the whole Safari thing in, in once. Yeah, just to clarify, Rachel, you can actually download, so you can set any browser as an icon for your homepage. And so if you went to Elliot for Water, you could uh, click, I think, three dots on the browsers and, and save to homepage. Yeah, exactly. Those lines, and it creates an icon. I think this works both in Android and iPhone, right, Andrea? All right. I think that's it for, for me on my end in terms of questions. Maybe, Andrea, just to conclude, you can do a little shout out on what people can do to follow you and, and so forth. You can go on the social media, so Elliot for Water. So it's at Elliot for Water, or you can follow me, which is at Andrea underscore E for W with the foreign number. And then we can stay in touch and we can try to go on this path together in a way. Alrighty, folks, that was Andrea De Michelis. You can go and check him out a little bit more at Elliot for Water. Elliot, by the way, is spelt with two L's, so E-L-L-I-O-T. And I think it's rare that you listen to a podcast and you're given the tools where you can immediately make a difference. And it's something that just takes a few seconds to do. It won't even cost you a single dollar. And from this point forward, you can help people that are in need on the complete opposite side of the world. And so in some ways, technology is really beautiful like that. I hope that you all take Elliot up on his offer, use a search engine, test it out, and provide him with feedback on what he can do better. He's a young entrepreneur with big dreams, and I think it's absolutely fantastic that he's found a way to already make a difference. And as always, you can head over to impacteverywhere.club to find show notes, graphics, audiograms, all the things that you may want in order to share this beautiful story with the world. And last but not least, just stay positive. Hope you're having a wonderful week because impact is everywhere.